I want to encourage you that if you want to contribute to the needs of the church through tithes or offerings, that there is a box at the back that you can put your uh, donations there. And if you are someone who chooses to give online, you can check out our website, ngccfm.ca, and you can find out how to give there as well. And I encourage you to um, choose to check out our website. You can um, re-listen to some of the sermons if maybe you missed a week or if I uh, preached well enough that uh, you feel like it's worth listening to more than once, then you can do that as well. And I, I think it's good for us to check out those ways of um, being in community. We're going to try in, the, in this fall to facilitate more community, both in person, but also online, because not everybody can make every meeting, and there's going to be hopefully opportunities for people to connect uh, online. And one thing, one thing that Susie and I have talked about is putting out some discussion questions throughout the week where I would record maybe 15 minutes, uh, some questions that have to do with Sunday's sermon, maybe on a Tuesday, and that um, you can respond online or you can respond in a group, and we're going to try to maybe facilitate some of those groups as well. So if you're interested in that, please uh, talk to me. I'm going to be talking to you as well, trying to find out which group people might fit into so that they can facilitate those discussions in small groups. And I'm even considering having people gather in houses to meet for small groups. My, my wife makes a mean pie, and I think it's worth sharing around some dessert uh, and also discussing the scriptures. So that's some of my ideas. I'm just floating to them to you. If you have uh, any other ideas, I'd love to hear them, because one thing as a church we need to do more is create more community, and it's been a while since we've uh, tried to even push you know, getting together with people, and so I'm ready to start doing that, and I hope that you are too. Today we're going to continue in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8. We're going to read a story about a man named Philip and another man who is known as the Ethiopian. And so we're going to read that scripture today. And it's interesting, the book of Acts, remember, is the formation of the church, right? The church is pretty much a baby. The apostles met in Jerusalem because Jesus told them to meet in Jerusalem. And they waited in an upper room. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, and God did many miraculous signs and wonders. One was that they even spoke in other languages so that they could preach the good news of Jesus Christ to the crowds who were gathered there for the festival of the day of Pentecost. And because of that, people came to believe. The Bible said 3,000 that day on the day of Pentecost believed, and they went home to their hometowns, and there they started their churches. And so the church wasn't just started, yes, the apostles were the first ones to share the message, but the, the message spread. And we're going to read today how Philip, through Philip it's continuing to spread, and I believe that even to this day we need the message of the good news of Jesus to continue to spread. Now here's the thing, if you have good news, often you will share that naturally, Right? This week I came into prayer meeting, and Linda, you might remember this. I said, uh, I got good news and I have bad news. We were just taking prayer requests, and I'm not going to share you the specifics of the good news or the bad news, but I said, which one do you want first? And what do you think Linda said? Good news or bad news? 
The bad news, Harry's right. You want the bad news first because you want to end on the good news, right? You always want to end feeling a little more lifted up. And so you'll take the bad news first, right? Everybody knows that. You should feel that way. Here's the bad news when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are sinners. Now, people don't like that, right? The Bible actually says the gospel is offensive, It's offensive to tell people they're sinners. In a world today where everybody says, you live your own truth, you do your own way, you be who you want to be, and we say, hold on a second as a church, and we say, hold on, Jesus actually came to save people who were lost sheep. They were lost. The Bible says we've all gone astray. The Bible says that our goodness is like filthy rags. Now, I don't want to go into too many details, but the filthy rags part is actually talking about feminine hygiene products because that's what they used back then was rags to keep themselves clean. And the Bible is being kind of disgusting in the saying to say your good works is as good as that. It's disgusting, right? That's your efforts on their own without the goodness of God. Now, we don't like to tell people that. We don't like to say, hey, there's some bad news I got for you. I got good news and I got bad news for you. The bad news is you're a dirty, rotten sinner going to hell. Nobody wants to hear that, right? And so we as Christians, often we, 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 we hold back. Now, hold on a second. I, I want to be careful. When you share the good news, tell, going around telling people the first thing, that they're dirty, rotten sinners going to hell might not be a good strategy. But somewhere in the message, people need to know that they've offended God, that their sin has offended God. Now, how you do that, the Bible talks about, and we'll see, First Peter actually talks about it, that we need to do it in gentleness and respect. Um, the book of Romans tells us that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. Repentance is turning from your sin. So if we want to see people who are sinners, and we're all sinners, here's the thing. When Paul actually tells the church the good news, and he starts with the bad news and says we're all sinners, he actually says, and I am the chief among them. So if you are sharing the good news, and you start with the bad news, which is that we're all sinners, and you say you're a sinner, you're doing a bad job at sharing the good news, because what you should be saying is that we are all sinners. We're all sinners. I'm one of them. I'm no different than you. And I think sometimes people think that the church is judgmental. Why? Because we point our finger, and when we're pointing a finger, the reality is we're pointing three back at us. You ever heard that? When you point a finger at someone else, you're pointing three back at yourself. The reality is that, is that we need to point the finger back at ourselves. We are all sinners. The Bible says that we were born into sin. My oldest son is right here hearing me preach. You should be listening, son, not just playing on the phone. He was born a little sinner. And we see it in his life where he struggles to do the things we ask him to do, and he rebels against us. Now, he's a good kid, too. He's a good kid, too. He learns about Jesus, and he wants to learn more about Jesus and follow Jesus. And I believe that he trusts in Jesus for his salvation. And so the Holy Spirit's working to make him into who he wants to be. But because he's my oldest son, I've seen that journey happen where he was born into sin Even from birth, even from birth, we come out not knowing how to do what God wants us to do. That's what the Bible says. So that's the bad news. That's the bad news. So when you talk about the good news and the bad news, and you give the bad news first, well, what's the good news? 
Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the scripture here in Acts chapter 8 as Philip shares the good news. And you'll see the good news being shared, and then we'll talk more about how we should share that good news. And I think as we talk about that, we'll, of course, hear the good news once again. And you guys know the good news, but I'm going to reiterate it because I think it's so important for us to figure out how we communicate this good news so that people want to embrace it. I've, I've failed at sharing the good news where I've tried my best to share it, and then people are like, ooh, uh, the, like... I don't know if I should believe this or not, but then I've also had opportunity to share it where people do believe it, and it's the most amazing thing when you can lead people to Jesus and they can see the love that God has for them. So let's see Philip do it here. Um, Acts chapter 8, we're going to look at verse 26, and we're going to read to the end of the chapter. Acts chapter 20, no, sorry, Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the Lord, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. He started out on his way, and he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of Ethiopians. This man has gone to Jerusalem to worship. On his way home was sitting on his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, this is a pretty cool experience that Philip is having, where he hears an angel, and then he goes in the direction that the angel sends him, and then he sees a chariot with an Ethiopian in it, and he is told by the spirit to go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, I want to encourage you um, that uh, if you hear from an angel to go and share the gospel, it's a probably a pretty good sign that you should do it. <laughs> right? Here's your pastor telling you, I think it's good for you to share the good news. Uh, and I'm your pastor. And guess what? The word angel actually means messenger. Now, we read the Bible. We read the uh, word angel, and we all of a sudden jump to supernatural being of light, right? Because the real realization, the reason why we do that is because the word angel in the Old Testament and in the New is translated into messenger. However, every time it's a messenger, it's a messenger who is a being of light. And so we think of one, but we often forget the other, the important part, that he has a message for us. Right? And so people are often overwhelmed when they see a supernatural being of light. I'm sure we all would, you know, fall on our faces and, and, and be a little terrified. Because one of the first things that angels often say in the Bible is, is do not be afraid. You might remember like Mary and Joseph and uh, prophets in the Old Testament all see angels and they're told not to be afraid. These are beings of light that terrify them. However, they always have a message. That's the important part. And so Philip is being given a message to share. And his message is pretty simple. Go and share the good news. How do you, how do you know you should do this? Well, hold on a second. You might not need a messenger who is a being of light to tell you to share the good news. There's this thing called the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 20. 8 verse 20 tells us to go into all the world preaching, preaching the good news 
teaching everyone, baptizing them in Jesus' name, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. This is the great commission that Jesus gave to each and every one of us, that this is our role as Christian is to spread the good news. Now, you got to remember that Philip, even though he lived out the Gospels and in the time of Jesus, they had not yet been written as he's living this out. And so he, he needs this reminder from the Spirit of God to go. And sometimes the Spirit of God will direct you on how to share the message. Sometimes you need a spiritual nudge from God to do something. This week, I was driving in my car, and the Spirit gave me a nudge to connect with someone this week. And then, so I connected with that person, and they said, wow, I really needed that connection at this moment. Um, I think it's a very encouraging thing when the Spirit nudges us just at the right time for someone else to get connected. And so pay attention to how the Spirit is nudging you and how he is encouraging you to go and connect with someone. So Philip here is being told to connect with this Ethiopian. Verse 30, Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was like a sheep to the slaughter. He was led, sorry. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So Philip shares the good news about Jesus. I love the fact that the gospel, the word gospel means good news, and here in the Bible it tells us that he shares the good news of Jesus. This should be good news. So again, uh, often we have good news and bad news, and I said we'd share the bad news first, but the good news Philip explains to him, and it's how convenient it is that he's already reading a passage. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah is talking about a sheep led to the slaughter, a lamb before its shear is silent. We, we sang a song this morning uh, uh, about the lion and the lamb. The reason why we sing that song is because Jesus is both lion in terms of uh, being the one who is king and in charge, like 
the lion is known as the king of the jungle, right? And Jesus is the king and he's in charge. However, he's also the lamb. And a lamb is gentle. And in this case, the lamb is the one who is to be sacrificed. And Jesus, the good news is that Jesus took our sin upon him and was sacrificed in our place. He was sacrificed in our place. The good news is that eternally we have a place with God, a relationship with God, that that sin that separated us that we were born into, that bad news part, that that's done away with because of what Jesus did for us. Listen, I wonder how often I should preach this message of the gospel over and over and over again to the same people. Now, my hope is that we meet new people who I can share it with. But I think it's so important for us, even as believers, and maybe you believed this when you were a child. Maybe you're like me and you were like five years old when you believed the gospel, the good news for the first time. But it doesn't matter how long you've believed it. You have to keep on believing it. We know people who struggle to keep on believing it, and I want to encourage them to keep on believing it. That Jesus died for our sins so that we could live in him. I was watching a video online this week, and it talked about how uh, often we want to tell people they're living a wrong life. That what they're doing is wrong. But the reality is Jesus died for those people, including us, he died for all of us, even while we were doing wrong. Often we want people to change before they ever believe. But what happens is that when Jesus dies for us, he dies to give us new life eternally so that we no longer live. See, this is a struggle, I think, as where we as Christians have when it comes to the good news. We want to believe it, but we want to keep living the same life we've always lived. But Jesus died so that we don't have to live that life anymore, so that we, he can live in us, so that our lives can be transformed. A new life, a spiritual life, a life that is, as Jesus called it, eternal life. And when Jesus said what eternal life is, yes, it's when you die, you go to heaven. But Jesus actually said that eternal life is this, is that we would know the, the one true God and we would know his Father in heaven. Eternal life starts now in our relationship with God. And so when we preach the good news, we're saying, hey, our life with God starts when we believe and it continues and we grow in our relationship with him. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm going to read. Oh, I'm going to read to you. I hope I didn't lose my page there. I'm going to read to you First um, Peter chapter three, verses thirteen to four uh, to fifteen says this, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear the threats and do not be frightened. So what Peter is saying here is sometimes when you want to do good, you want to share the good news, you want to be loving towards others, people will not like it. 
and you will suffer. But if you suffer for doing what is right, you will be blessed. Do not fear their threats and do not be frightened. But verse 15 is what I really want to say, and it's this, it's that, but fear in your hearts, but no, sorry, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now, I've preached a message similar to this before. I know I've quoted this scripture before, but I think it's worth sharing over and over again. And the part that I want to highlight is the word hope. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, in today's world, we talked about, hey, here, you, sometimes you have to give people the bad news before you give them the good news. And often, you don't have to whack someone over the head with a Bible and tell them they're sinners. You know why? Because there is a world out there where people are struggling to have hope. Now, you will run into people who have a wonderful life, and they think they're doing fine without Jesus. And to those people, you might need to tell them that they're still sinners. You might have to share with them the fact that they have offended God. They're living a good life, they think. They think they're doing good enough that they don't need God. And you might need to tell them your good is not good enough. But to so many people in this world, they are lacking hope. And here Peter is telling us to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. So if I point this back at me, the, the reason I have hope needs to be shared. Listen, there's a lot of responsibilities in our lives. For me, it's like taking care of family, you know, and there's a, there, that means I got to, work a job, and thankfully the Lord's given me this wonderful position as pastor where I get to be your pastor, and that helps me take care of my family as well. But there's responsibility in the church. There's, there's my kids and my family and being a good husband. And then I just want to be a good neighbor as well, and I want to be a good son and brother and a good Christian. And all of those weights can feel like a heavy burden sometimes if all of the pressure is coming down on me. But I'm going to tell you, despite all of the challenges that life brings, if all of those things collapsed on me and I was terrible at all of them, and I lost my job, my family, and all of those things, I still believe that this message, and it's hard for me to say this today, but I believe it is true, that if everything were taken away, I could still have hope. Because my hope is found in Jesus Christ. My hope is that God is watching me. My hope is that this life isn't all there is. A famous preacher named Francis Chan used an illustration at one time, and I think I've shared this illustration here, but it's worth sharing again. And he's compared all of eternity to a rope that goes on forever and ever and ever. But the rope starts here. And your life is only the end of the rope that you can see. That's all your life here on this earth is. If eternity is real, if God is eternal being and invites us into an eternal relationship with him after we die, we focus so much on the end of this rope. But the hope that I have is for all of eternity. And so when life gets hard, when we're struggling, 
we carry a hope that is worth passing on to other people. There are other people who are suffering who have no hope. I want to tell you what. The reason why people commit suicide, I know this is a dark thought, but I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why people commit suicide is because of a lack of hope. They will say there is no more reason to live. That is a lack of hope. But when you know Jesus, you don't live for yourself anymore. The reason you live is for him. That's why I can say if everything was taken away, my family, my job, my home, there's still a reason to live. Because my security isn't in this world, it's in the next world. Jesus said, store up your treasures in heaven, not on earth. This is the good news. Now, for some people, they're like, well, I can only see and and taste and touch the things in this world. It's so hard for them to think eternally. But church, this is our job, is to share our, our, our privilege. This is our hope. And it's worth sharing with other people who have no hope. I think it's Romans chapter 10. Alex, you want to put up the next scripture I had for you there? It says, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So here in Romans chapter 10, I did flip the page too fast there. Yeah, there it is, right there. It's, it's chapter 10, verses 14 to 15. And it's one of my favorite scriptures. And I think it's a, a bit of a weird one, where it says, how beautiful are someone's feet. Now, for women, they, they appreciate that more. Amy Beth has a huge shoe collection and always thinks she needs more shoes to add because she likes the way her feet look in those shoes, I guess. And she likes to go and get pedicures, is that what they're called? Yeah, where you get your feet taken care of and they like polish your nails and paint little nice paintings on them. All you women who do that can enjoy it. Now, I'll be honest, I did it for the first time this year because we were, I didn't get painted on, of course, but I got them like where they polished them and scrubbed them and my feet got, yeah, it was kind of nice, but I don't think I'd pay that much money again. My feet did look really nice after. I was going on vacation where I would, would be wearing open toe shoes in them, and, uh, and it was worth it. It was, it was cool, but I wouldn't do it again. Uh, I'm saying this because here the, scripture, here the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Honey, you want beautiful feet? Bring good news. Now, I think, I think the ancient culture of having beautiful feet, you got to realize that when they would come into the their people's houses. Remember what Jesus did to his disciples? He washed their feet, right? Like they always wore open-toed shoes. They wore sandals everywhere they went. And so when they came into the house, one of the things they would do was they would wash each other's feet. And so they're saying, hey, to have beautiful feet was a nice thing in that time. They didn't want their feet feeling dirty all the time from traveling. But if you really wanted to be taken care of, here the... um, Apostle 
Paul is quoting an Old Testament scripture found in Isaiah as well. Isaiah 52, where he's saying, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You really want to be that hospitable person? Give them the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you what. The best relationships that I have in my life are with people who I can share the good news with. Who I have shared the good news with. Who I continue to talk about the good news of Jesus. Who I can pray openly with. And those relationships last far longer than my relationships that I made because of high school or sports or, um, you know, even my own family, extended family who don't know Jesus. Like, those relationships all kind of seem to fade away. But my, the most beautiful relationships are the ones where we can talk about Jesus, where we can pray together, where we have our faith in common. And I believe that the scripture is true, that we need to go into the world and people will not hear unless we're willing to take the message to people. And when we do, they will receive us the way in that Old Testament culture, they would wash each other's feet. They will receive, which is a high form of hospitality. When you can share that good news with people, when you can share the hope that you have with people, the way Philip did with the Ethiopian eunuch, that you can form some of the best relationships you've ever had. I'm trying to encourage our church right now to to do this, to share the gospel, to share the good news. Now, this is a really hard thing for some of us to do. Like, Philip is like, led, sees an angel, led by the Spirit. The guy's already reading the Bible, and so it's kind of like the easiest way to share. Remember this morning when I was saying, hey, um, if you in this fall season have a lot of new plans and you're worried about the stress of coming upon you, or maybe you don't have new plans, but you, you know you have plans and responsibilities coming up, one thing you can do is to pray that the Holy Spirit would give you things to do that you should do and take away the things that you shouldn't do and that your day would go a lot smoother. Remember I said that when we were about to start worship. Someone give me a head nod that they were listening back then. Yeah, yeah okay, were you listening? Okay, good, now you're nodding your head. I believe that if you take that same principle of starting your day with praying to the Holy Spirit, praying to God, and saying, God, would you use me to share with anyone who needs to be shared, shared with today? That he'll give you that nudge when, it, when it's the right time. Now, you, you might end up sharing a whole lot. But I think what the most important thing is that you show up at the right place at the right time that God would actually give you opportunity to share. Now, the, the scripture that from Peter actually says, remember, it ended, it says, do so in gentleness and respect. So there's a way to do it where it still sounds like good news. Because a lot of people probably already know a lot about Jesus, or so they think. And some people will tell you, if I've already read the Bible, or I've already been to church. But the truth is, if they truly don't know the hope, of Jesus, then they don't truly know Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? There's a difference between saying you know Jesus, or you've heard of Jesus, or you've read the Bible, and having the hope. 
And Philip shared with the Ethiopian eunuch, and there was so much hope, he got baptized that day. And I believe that God will give you opportunity if you ask him to give you that opportunity. I believe that's true. I I think Philip was ready. He was listening to the Spirit. And if you start your day off and say, Holy Spirit, will you give me opportunity to share the hope that I have? And I will be ready if there's a situation present itself. You'll be surprised how many situations present themselves. And here's the thing. If you don't pray that prayer, there might be situations that present themselves that you miss. Because you're just not tuned in to what the Spirit would want you to do because you haven't been in communion with Him. So let me pray for you, and I'm going to pray that God would give us opportunity to be like Philip and to share the good news when there's opportunity that presents itself. Father in heaven, when it comes to the good news, we're reminded of the bad news first, and that's that Without you, God, we are lost. Without you, we have nothing. Without you, Lord, there is no hope. But Lord, with you, you give us with hope for all of eternity. And with you, eternity starts now in our relationship with you. And so, Father, I pray that that hope that you challenge us to be ready to share, I pray that you would fill us with that hope once again. I pray for anyone who's struggling today to even have hope. Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, give us that hope once again. That because you live, we can face tomorrow. That life is worth living because you live. Would you put your life in us? Would you put your hope in us? And would you encourage us today with that hope? And Lord, I pray that that hope that we have, we would not keep it hidden You tell us, Lord Jesus, to not light a lamp and then hide it under a bushel. You tell us to to let our light shine before all men. You tell us that we need to share the hope that we have, to share the good news, because it is good news that you loved us, that you so loved us, that you died for our sins. Lord, help us just keep that message in our hearts, that good news message that, Lord, we would be so ready to share it when an opportunity presents itself. And we do pray, God, that you would give us opportunities with our friends, with our neighbors, with our family, with our co-workers, and for the students, with fellow students. Lord, give us opportunities to share your great love with others. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.